50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline. The rules are simple. Cookies! Once you go in, you don't come out. It's fresh cookies! This year, cut day bleeds deep. Welcome to Fresh Cookies, everyone. I'm your host, Neri Rodriguez. It's bittersweet, but we have come to a close with hard knocks for this season. Gave my fair share of criticism, but shout out to the HBO crew for another great year. And still a lot of good things that I saw. Before we start, as always, be sure to follow us on social media. On Instagram, it's at Fresh Cookies Show. On Twitter, it's at Fresh Cookies Pod. And give us a like on Facebook and YouTube. Yes, Cut Day is coming. The final episode of Hard Knocks, episode 5. And it was the one where people were getting the boot. Yes, Hard Knocks wrapping up last week before the NFL kicks off. Yeah! And the final episode did not disappoint. Our hero in the shadows this year, Coach Phil McGagan, opening up saying Cut Day is coming. And I know I took a shot at his broadcasting voice last episode, but dude would be an excellent motivational speaker. I'd, I'd pay for a Phil McGagan alarm clock. But yes, the Chargers wide receiver coach telling players, this is it. This is your last week to make a final good impression. For some, it was their first. And for some, they've been, they've been down this road before. So a very intense opening from the Chargers. And switching over to the red-headed stepchild of the series this season, the Rams. Jalen Ramsey continuing to show growth as a player. Was given rookie wide receiver Van Jefferson some good insight. A couple good pointers. I'm very high on the Jalen Ramsey train this year. I'm just glad we didn't have to watch him try to buy another house. I don't know. That Rams team has a lot to work on. Uh, I'm very confident in Ramsey this year, probably more than I am with Aaron Donald, but for different reasons, we'll get into that. I just think Ramsey's prepping for probably the best year in his career so far. He's definitely going to get paid. If I had to guess, I would say, eh, I'll give him a five-year deal. I think the Rams shell out the money and give him a five-year deal. Can't say I think they'll do it before kickoff, but I think early on in the season, you'll see you'll see Ramsey get the big bucks back on the right side of the tracks. Tyrod Taylor apparently will be starting over Justin Herbert to start the season. I'll say by week five, that might not be the case, but shout out to Tyrod still making a name for himself. He's also a great leader. Uh, regardless, if Herbert does take over the starting job, I don't think he's going to be a wet blanket about it. And I think he's going to help dude out, so... Shout out to Tyrod, great inspiration. Who wouldn't want a guy on your team like that? And later on in the episode, do getting there dumb early and just putting in that work. So Tyrod, you all right. And then something that strikes those childhood insecurities, Darius Bradwell, the big running back, kept the weight off. Yes, he kept the baby weight off. Was getting hounded the first two episodes. Now look at him, like a skinny bowling ball, waiting for the strike. A shout-out for him. I can't imagine living near an In-N-Out burger and not going. Now the Rams having their, their second scrimmage 
of this preseason. And some concern from Senor Toothpick, Juju Hughes, who hurt his hamstring in the scrimmage. And just unfortunate to see that happen. Dude's trying to make a roster spot with, like we said, limited options as there's no preseason. And like I said, second team scrimmage of this year. And it wasn't just rough for him, but rookie linebacker Clay Johnston and vet Dante Dion also having a slow start, but they pick it up. And it's interesting because flipping back to Chargers camp, they're only going to play one scrimmage this preseason. You know, they, they boycotted the one in the last episode for issues related not to football. And it was great. They made their stand. But definitely, definitely hurt some, some guys lower on the totem pole with not getting to show their talent on tape. So I appreciate what the team did, uh, but I just also feel for those guys scrapping for a roster spot. And then the other element to only playing one scrimmage, and I like that one of the Chargers players brought it up. He's like, I haven't got hit yet. And I can tell you in my very limited time, playing football in high school but even more so playing rugby in college that it's important to get hit once you get it out of the way you ready to get in a motherfucker's ass and hey even programs at the high school level kind of deal with this too rules on when you can hit have changed they they've cut back to about two days a week and sometimes it's less than 30 minutes you're allowed to make contact like that that was even before covid And now what the high schools in New Jersey have had to do, they won't be starting till October 14th. So teams normally started training camp when they would without pads, just helmets at the most before taking a two week dead period. Now they're going to come back, get one scrimmage. And then when game one comes, they really haven't made full contact. So kind of a scary thing. Because you don't know how players are going to react when they get hit, especially if they get hit hard. And at that level, the the two-week break for some of these high school players might get them out of shape, might make them injury-prone. You'll probably see some strained hamstrings, maybe some sore ligaments, pulled pork, if you will. But it's a situation that every football team at every level has to deal with this year. I just hope the injuries don't get out of hand. So one upside, I guess, to this COVID situation in training camp is that there's four more practice squad spots. So for some of those guys who will get cut, but team wants to bring them back after they claim waivers, they can. And we've seen we've seen our fair share of players make it off the practice squad and become something. Austin Eckler talking about that earlier this year. Some of our favorite players started out on the practice squad. And who knows when they'll come up big. Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler started on the practice squad. He only got called up for one game. And you know how that ended. Right, Seahawks fans? An unfortunate moment in Chargers camp was Derwin James Jr. having to leave with, I believe, a torn meniscus. His season's in jeopardy, if not done. Wish him the best. And going back to Tyrod Taylor, that early morning workout, he had a similar segment when he was on the Browns. But to see that work ethic carry over 
to a franchise that I think will utilize him more and get more out of him rather than just use him as a vessel to coach up Justin Herbert. I like this fit for Tyrod. Really, I thought he was great on the Bills. I think that was probably the best team that he played with or that he I think that's where he produced the most. And I just like his energy. He's going to look good in powder blue this year. Now, Tyrod has a spot, but we had some big cuts and not even really cuts because we had a lot of people placed on the practice squad. But nonetheless, there's still cuts. And this finale felt like one of like I would say probably and this finale felt like one of those movies where just everybody dies at the end. Like every player that actually had personality that we followed around this year got put on the practice squad. Juju Hughes, Dante Dion, Clay Johnston, all making the Rams PS. And not only do they they tell you that you're going to be on the practice squad, but they have to technically cut you and then you get claimed off waivers within 24 hours. Nonetheless, a very slow Band-Aid rip. So some of our Rams not on the active roster yet. And on the Chargers side, two characters we enjoyed this season heading down to the Farm League. Darius XXL Bradwell and Braden Fajoko might not see the field this season. I think Fajoko has a better chance. But this show is good exposure. You never know what could happen next year. Somebody might want him. I think that exchange between Anthony Lynn and Bradwell was interesting. While Bradwell was more more than appreciative to be on the practice squad, Lynn told him, like, you should be mad you didn't make the active roster. And also told him, bro, don't be coming into training camp heavy. You put me in a bad spot. I had to coach you. You were overweight. You're a pro. Fucking come in like one. And I gotta say... Such a power move by Clay Johnston. They tell him, yeah, we'll put you on the practice squad. We'll claim you after 24 hours. You know, I roll like dude's going to come back. Towards ACL at Baylor. Didn't play his senior year. They still brought him in. But he got an offer from Carolina and said, I'm out. Which I can't be mad at you. Your dad works for the Panthers. I don't know if he pulled some strings, but... He's like, hey, my boy got some tape. So obviously, you know he can play. Carolina is going to need all the help they can get, especially with Luke Keekley retiring. And he's also going to get to play with his former head coach, Matt Rule. Shout out Matt Rule. Met him when he was the head coach of Temple University. So yes, the opening day roster is set. And with that, this season of Hard Knocks comes to a close. Now, given the climate of everything, it was going to be an interesting season either way. And I know I've been very critical and harsh at times, but it was a good year. It was a good watch. Might not be my favorite season, but it's definitely going to go down as one I remember. Now, it's interesting because looking at the themes from this season, they coincide perfectly with what everyone's been having to deal with. And, I, and I'm not even talking about COVID. The themes from 2020 Hard Knocks, I believe, are starting fresh and owning up to your own problems. And I think that's something that all of us having to go through quarantine and social distancing can relate to. Because if you didn't 
learn anything or pick up a new skill during this pandemic, then what were you doing? I feel like we all had to take steps, you know? Think about that business you wanted to start or that YouTube channel or your podcast. You know, they took away sports. That's something that I thought I'd never see. No sports at all. It made us appreciate them more, I think. But it also raises the question, what are you going to do if there isn't any sports? And how how are you going to react? And speaking from personal experience, but I know some people can relate. Before the pandemic, you were probably not self-sabotaging. Or maybe you were, but you had some bad habits that you had to kick. And I think this more focuses on the Chargers side, but those were really the two key themes that I saw, starting fresh and owning up to your problems. Starting fresh because both teams getting a brand spanking new stadium, and I feel for the Raiders. The Davis family really wanted the Raiders to have their own stadium, was just had to jump through so many hoops and got tired of it, grabbed their ball, and said, we're going home. Well, to a new home. We're going to Vegas, which ain't that bad. But yes, both teams getting that brand new stadium. Like I said, this segment focuses more on the Chargers side. They're getting a new stadium. They're moving away from players like Phillip Rivers and also Melvin Gordon not in the mix anymore. And as much as I rag on Phillip Rivers... You know, he was there for a while, did what he could, had some great seasons, great memories for that franchise, but they felt last year should have been his last year with the Chargers, and I don't disagree with them, and that's a tough thing to do, you know? It's not just you're getting rid of a player, you're getting rid of your starting quarterback, your captain, who's been there for almost 20 years, so that's a hard breakup to deal with. Melvin Gordon, I know he wasn't that excited with all his touches. Melvin Gordon, I know he wasn't happy with his touches. And we'll see what he does in Denver. Speaking of Denver, the Chargers adding to this starting fresh theme by acquiring Chris Harris Jr., experienced vet, along with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Defense looks defense looks pretty good. Should be interesting when they meet up with Kansas City. And with L.A. moving away from Rivers and Gordon, now we get to see Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler be those new faces to look to. Like I said before, Tyrod's going to be the starter, but you're crazy if you don't think Justin Herbert's going to put up a fight for that starting job. He's El Nino. And I know Eckler balled out last year, but it's just nice that he's not going to have that Melvin Gordon cloud hanging over him. Like, should should Gordon be the number one? No, it's Eckler. And I know this is his third year as the head coach, but Anthony Lynn looks to be in control. Team seems bought in. I was already a fan coming in, but getting to see him behind the scenes, I think one of the best head coaches in the NFL. So new quarterbacks, And running backs in those prominent positions, like I said, some of them have been there before, but now they're just getting more important roles. And these are the players we want to see as opposed to last year's team. So yes, the Chargers kicked old habits, and like I said, speaks to what we're all going through. 
during the pandemic. And I think that'll help them down the line this year. Now, takeaways from this season, I've been very critical. I would guess, I guess I would say more critical on the Rams side, but takeaways from this season is that they're not changing. And this probably won't fare well for them. The Rams really didn't switch anything up. They're going with the same quarterback. Jared Goff wasn't even challenged. And look, I know he I know he went to a Super Bowl, but that was definitely more on coaching than it was on talent from him. But just looking at the comparison, Tyrod has more experience. He's been in the league longer. He's been on the Chargers longer. Tyrod has seniority over Justin Herbert. But that doesn't mean they're not pushing one another. I didn't even see them mention another quarterback for the Rams. That wasn't getting cut. Y'all really think Jared Goff is the answer? And then on the defensive side for the Rams, I think they're relying way too heavily on Aaron Donald. And I wish him nothing but the best this year. But I can tell you just from the emphasis that they've put on him in training camp and the way the football gods work, I don't see him being that healthy this year. I hope it's not a season-ending injury. But I think they're really going to rely on his pass rush and... Looking at it right now, nobody, I don't think anybody can replace what he brings to that team. So that's going to be tough for them. Like I said, God willing, he can finish the year and has a great year. I just don't think he's going to. And the other part of that, I put that on the head coach, Sean McVay, because I don't feel like he added any threats to help his team. And other coaches do it. New England does it. Seahawks do it. Saints do it. But that's not his coaching style. His style is a little more hokey. And he, I, I know McVay wants to rely on the talent they have, but I don't think he's that coach yet. He's obviously got some type of skill. I mean, he's the youngest, he's the youngest coach in the league, and he made it to a Super Bowl. But I just don't think he has a plan if one of his five or six superstar players goes down. And the only reason I harp on that, because if one of those players goes down, I feel like that's the team morale for the year. It's going down with them. So it's just interesting to see the comparison of how both franchises went in different directions this year, or rather, I guess, in the same, if you're speaking on the Rams' behalf. And going into another takeaway from this season, uncertainty drove this year. Not just the cuts, but the boycotts, no preseason games, and the COVID on top of all that. And I know I said this in the first episode, probably a couple others, but shout out to all the medical staff being there at training camp, making sure the temperatures were taking so we can hopefully enjoy the greatest sport on earth. This will definitely be... One year, or rather one season to remember of Hard Knocks, might not be my favorite, but it's one for the archives, and from a sports media perspective, this will go down in history as some very important content. Now, let me get off my soapbox. Let's go into some favorite moments from 2020 Hard Knocks. Episode 1, Dante Dion stealing the show with his locker assignment near the bathroom. The women's bathroom at that. Not that it's any more degrading, but still. 
Shout out Double D, as they call him. Another great moment from that first episode, the Joey Bosa contract signing. It was great to see the big man get emotional. Take care of that nose, boy. Episode two, Andrew Whitworth, the old Lyman vet, was on Hard Knocks when they were with the Bengals eons ago. But I have to give him and his family a special shout out. They all beat the Rona, in-laws included. And I'll be happy to see him get his this year. Next, like I said, our unsung hero of the year, Chargers wide receiver coach Phil McGagan. So many great quotes. One I have here, he said, this game is not played on Instagram. And I liked his very real approach. Wasn't too over the top. Sometimes you see these coaches yelling up a storm about to pop a vein. Skin looking like pink lemonade. But McGagan did a great job motivating and not going over the top. We appreciate you, coach. And I hope he has some longevity in this league. The highlight of episode three, Brett Favre making an appearance via Zoom. Yes, Papa Favre giving rookie linebacker Clay Johnston some pointers, some motivation. And that was an interesting wrinkle to see his connection with Johnston's family. Like I said, Pop's best man at Favre's wedding. And just the whole Johnston click displaying some great family values. And I'm happy father and son reunited in Carolina. Now, episode four, our social justice episode or the after school special had a lot of crazy moments. Uh, It was very interesting to see that opening segment where both coaches were faced with the problem of whether or not to cancel practice. The Chargers would wind up canceling their scrimmage. Like I said, I understand why they did. I just also feel for those low-ranking guys trying to make it on the squad. A lighter note from that episode, uh, our boy McVeigh, with just the most awkward cuts in the history of the show, like to reiterate what he said. And mind you, he said this to a grown man he was firing. He said, uh, nothing you did, but we're just going to bring in another linebacker and some other guys. And like I said before, If you've ever been fired or dumped, less is more. Don't tell me what you're going to be doing after I'm not here. Just let me die in peace. And then Austin Eckler jumping over the five bags. Shout out to Eckler. Pats will take you when you're ready. And oh, I almost forgot. I would have to say my highlight of the entire season. I'm sorry. I have two more because I have to give props to Braden Fajoko for his haka, sent chills down my spine. Such a great moment in series history, not even this year. One of my favorite moments in the entire Hard Knocks series. And then what I opened this year with, Anthony Lynn, one of the greatest lines, and it's so simple, I don't know why it really resonated with me, though. When he opens this season on the Zoom call with the entire team and says, one team will do this better than the other 31, And it might as well be us. Simple words that go very far. And if you really haven't watched this year, that should tell you all you need to know about Dude. Now predictions. Starting with the Chargers. Looking at their schedule. They have some tough matchups. They're going to see the Chiefs twice. Division opponent. They're going to see the Pats. Saints. Buccaneers. 
they were a playoff contender last year, but I think they have an even better year. And if I had to give my prediction, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that they finished 12-4. and four. I know, it's very generous. But considering they're also going to see the Raiders twice a year with their quarterback debacle, if you will. I know Carr's going to start, but Mariota's also there, and they're they're kind of a shit show. Uh, and now with Denver losing Von Miller for the year, definitely going to hurt the defense, not even from his play, but just his, his motivation. And I know he'll still be there, but sucks when when one of your leaders can't be out there with you and he produces. It'd be one thing if he was a bum. But I think the Chargers finished 12-4, and four, and I think that final game at Kansas City is going to determine the AFC West. And I think LA gets them in that second meeting. Now, adding a bit, a dose of reality, I think they get a second round exit in the playoffs. And I think that's solely based on the quarterback play. Not even from Tyrod, just Justin Herbert. Gonna have to get his feet wet a little. And just as they've told him in training camp, can't teach experience. So I, I, I have some big hopes for the Chargers. Like I said, 12-4. and four. We'll see if they can live up to expectation. And when it comes to the Rams, I don't think the season will fare that well for them. Looking at their schedule, I have them going 7-9, and nine, no playoffs. And if that is the case, I think the team, if not Ramsey, will call for a new quarterback. And don't be surprised if you see Sean McVay go on the chopping block as well. It's all good and dandy that you're reviving the franchise, but that don't mean shit if you don't produce. No need to get all down. We have NFL football starting soon. Like what? Global pandemic? Quarantine? Face masks? Social distancing? All that bullshit has led up to this. Football! Yeah! Now, if you like those predictions at the end, we have more coming up for you in our next episode, so check that out. And I just want to say thank you to everybody that's supported thus far on social media, if you're following us, if you're streaming us, I couldn't ask for a better support system. And I look forward to having a great year with all of you guys and ladies. And if you identify as something else. But stay tuned for our NFL Week 1 preview. As well as some season predictions. Be sure to follow us on social media. On Instagram, it's at Fresh Cookies Show. On Twitter, it's at Fresh Cookies Pod. Follow us on Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube channel as we are going to bring you some great highlights from this NFL season. All right, can't take my foot off the gas now. Have to get this show on the road, literally. But I'll see you back here soon. I'm Neri Rodriguez, and you already know, it's Fresh Cookies! A 50-foot containment wall is erected along the New Jersey shoreline. That I got no play football for! The rules are simple. Cookies! Once you go in, you don't come out.
It's Fresh Cookies.